Want to learn how to generate a steady stream of quality B2B leads for your business? Then stay tuned. Hey, I'm Sam Dunning, co-owner over at webchoiceuk.com and host of the Top 100 B2B Marketing Podcast, Business Growth Show. And if I haven't yet, check out my weekly email where I share actual website and B2B marketing tips useful goodies, podcasts, resources, and more each and every week. Kick off your week with a bang. Give it a shot over at businessgrowth.email. So today's episode is taken from a recent interview where Saurabh Kora interviewed me for the Ultimate Global Podcast. I share all things B2B marketing best practices, how to generate quality leads with your website, and how to make best use of SEO. Let's dive in. Welcome to another exciting episode of Ultimate Global Podcast. Um, and in this podcast, we are specifically going to talk about website and SEO. And I think that this is a very critical element from a marketing point of view, how many leads you are generating on a weekly basis, on a monthly basis, on a quarterly basis. And that is kind of translating into sales uh, at the end of the day. So marketing and sales, as I always uh, consider that they go hand in hand. Uh, more the number of leads, more the chances for you to convert those leads into paying customers. Um, but of course, it's also important that you don't only generate leads, but you generate genuine leads. You generate warm leads. Uh, you don't generate leads for the sake of generating leads. So I guess one of the best people can be Sam Dunning. Uh, he's from the UK and he's the co-owner of WebChoice. He guides businesses on how to generate leads. So I'll pass it on to you, Sam um, and uh, let you introduce yourself uh, and a bit about your business. Yeah, sure. Thanks. Thanks for having me on, Sarab. So yeah, Sam Dunning. I'm one of the owners at webchoiceuk.com. Essentially, we build websites and SEO strategies that generate a steady flow of qualified sales leads for B2B companies mostly. Um, but apart from that, I also run a, a podcast too called Business Growth Show. It's a B2B marketing podcast, and every week we share actual website and marketing tips and we also interview B2B marketing leaders to share kind of tips you can put into play for your business right away. That's, that's us. Sounds really exciting, Sam. Um, you seem to be doing multiple things. Uh, you're running your own business. You're also running a podcast. So that's pretty exciting stuff happening at your end, isn't it? Always things to do, man. Yeah, I enjoy it. I enjoy it. The podcast means I can, I can mess about and learn from people that are smarter than me. And also put out content for for our YouTube, for our for our podcast channel, for for LinkedIn, where I love to to waste time and then otherwise mess around with with web choice, helping like I say businesses with their websites. I really enjoy doing kind of SEO strategies. Ultimately, helping fuel their sales team with with quality sales pipeline. That's that's where I get get my kicks yep. from. Yeah, of course. Um, and I think uh, just for the reference of the speak listeners as well. And for your reference as well, that this is, uh, you're the 52nd speaker uh, in this uh, podcast. We started off uh, this podcast a year back. Um, and I feel, definitely feel that uh, podcasting is getting very popular amongst companies to generate leads, another source of generating leads, because you're kind of building your brand in the market. Um, yep. And when any of your potential leads look at that, they, they see you and they consider you as an expert in that particular industry. So I will start off with that uh, question only before moving on to any 
technicalities is that what's the one mantra that you provide to your customers as to how they can generate warm leads yeah how they can generate leads so well we we normally say the website's the foundation of the of the process so it it depends really are we are we talking about b2b companies in general how they can drive warm leads yeah, absolutely. If you want to touch upon B2B, B2C, both of them, give a comparison, up to you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, it's it's quite an open question, right? So I'll give a high-level answer, and then you can dive into it as deep as you wish. But let's say you're a B2B company, and you want to drive warm leads for your business, then typically the main thing you want to do is one of the, the starting points is a bit of research. So you actually want to know who am I targeting? Who are my focus clients? Who is this ideal client I want to be selling to? And where do they hang out? Like if they're B2B, then they're probably using channels like LinkedIn to consume content, scroll the feed. Um, if they are actively searching for your product or service or a specific upgrade to their business, whether that's they're looking for some CRM software, accounting software, whatever the heck they need, they might be going to Google search and using that, either clicking an organic listing or a paid listing there. They might be going to review or comparison sites. So they might be going to things like G2 or Tech Radar or those kind of review sites where they can get more insights into what you offer. They might be looking at or consuming podcasts or checking out YouTube to learn more about your niche or your service or your operation or kind of getting their own ideas and educating themselves. So there's a bunch of different channels and there's there's many more that could be on Slack groups or communities. So one of the main things you firstly want to do is when it comes to generating inbound, you want to actually know where your target prospects are hanging out rather than doing random marketing on channels and hoping for the best because that's just going to waste either your time of your team or it's going to waste your money if you're spending that on marketing or advertising activities. Um, and then you want to basically invest in one or two of those channels to start off with. So ultimately, if you're a B2B business, the what makes sense first and foremost is to go to what we call high intent channels. So what I mean by that is where people go when they need your product or service right here, right now. Typically, one of the best places for this is Google search. So whether that is the paid search or the sponsored listings with Google AdWords, which typically show up at the top of your search results or sometimes at the bottom. So for example, let's say you offered accountancy software, uh, maybe it was a finance company. So if someone searches financial accountancy software, your ad's going to show. Or likewise, you might want to consider SEO, which is the organic non-paid listings, which is more of a longer term strategy that we can dive into some tips and tricks on how you can do SEO for your business in a, in a bit. Um, so yeah, thinking of those because the reason the high intent is basically if someone searches, I don't know, finance CRM for, for my company or something like that, chances are they need it. So if they go to your website, they're going to probably click through, learn a bit more about what you do, maybe check out some results you've got for clients, maybe check out your pricing page. And if that ticks all the boxes, they're going to request to speak to sales. So they can request a demo or request to consult or whatever your call to action is. So usually you want to start, if you're going to market as a B2B company, you want to drive kind of high intent leads. You want to look at these high intent channels like Google search or Google paid search. Um, organic SEO is going to take longer. And we can, like I say, dive into that strategy or, or paid search. Another high intent channel is review sites. So these these review sites tend to rank really well on Google search as well. So things like G2, Captera, Trust Radius, depending on if you're U US or UK, 
Those review sites rank really well on Google. You can pay to get a sponsored listing on those and you can start driving high quality traffic and high intent leads, um, get demo requests to your site. Then you probably, if you're B2B, like we said, some free options, some like non-paid options are creating content on LinkedIn. So building up your authority, building up your reputation by sharing tips, stories, insights, building up your audience on LinkedIn. And that way you can drive kind of traffic to your site or direct in the DMs to you um, or starting kind of your own podcast like we're doing now, building up an industry expertise, reputation. Um, but the main thing of all of this is that your website is the foundation. So a lot of these people, these prospects are going to be checking out your website and typically B2B buyers, when they head to a site, they want to really quickly see kind of what you do, how it's going to help them. They probably want to check out some results or case studies that you've got for past customers and clients. Um, and then they're probably going to check out your pricing, make sure you, they can actually afford what you do. And on the basis that they're happy and comfortable with all of that, they're probably then going to request a, a demo or a consult or whatever that next step is in your sales process. So those are some high level overviews, but happy to dive deeper in any of those. Well, yeah, that's really exciting to know. A lot of things that you have already told, including podcasts, um, looking at the right prospects, um, looking at those key metrics that really will define how uh, you're getting those leads and then qualifying them to uh, potential sales opportunities. But while we are targeting those uh, leads, what are some of the key metrics that the company should really focus on? In terms of your website or in terms of the leads or in terms of just um, in of terms context. of the leads so in terms of the leads what should they be looking at what kind of leads they are targeting so would you like to dig a bit deeper into that uh, you told about it a bit um, yeah. briefly uh, would you like to dig a bit deeper into that yeah so I guess I'll I'll give you a few options I mean um, in terms of lead gen so B2B companies I mean you have different types of leads right so you've got MQLs, marketing qualified leads, which might be someone that headed to your website or downloaded like an ebook or a guide or a white paper. Um, so that's typically those kind of MQLs, marketing qualified leads, those need some nurturing. So they might need to be shown content over a period of time, whether that's like an email nurture with a drip feed of email content and educational stuff over weeks or months until that prospect is eventually ready to speak to your sales team. Um, or you've got SQLs, so sales qualified leads. These kind of leads are typically people that actually go and raise their hand and say, I'm ready to speak to sales right here, right now. So they'll fill out your requested demo time or they'll book time on your sales rep's calendar or they'll book a consult. They'll fill out a form for that. So different types of leads, really. Um, I mean, depending on the size of your organization and how many sales reps that you need, you might take an approach where you do both and you generate a ton of MQLs, you might run things like LinkedIn ads where people do form fills. You might, like I say, have gated eBooks. You might run webinars where you get people to sign up with their email, and then you might nurture these people over time with content, with email feeds, with ads on LinkedIn, nurturing them. Or likewise, you've got the high intent leads, which typically if you're running things like I talked about earlier, like Google Organic Search, Google Paid Search, for search terms where people's actually are actually needing your product right here, right now, then on the basis your website does a good job, um, you can point them to kind of book that demo or book that consult, which is going to be a sales qualified lead as opposed to an MQL. That's true. Um, I think some of the times uh, a lot of the companies 
make mistakes as well in terms of uh, what kind of keywords they should be using or they try out a lot of keywords quite frequently they don't stick with that so i guess um, it will be really important for us to discuss in this podcast the importance of keywords um and the importance of using the right keywords for different companies and probably sticking to that and testing that out for some time isn't it yeah so from you mean from an organic seo perspective to so ranking yeah, on google yeah. for certain search terms yeah yeah exactly so i mean usually if you're starting an seo campaign and you want your website to rank on google organic search you can you can do keyword research for for paid search as well google ads so first and foremost you need to to see how competitive the market is so for example if you're in a massively competitive space um so for example if you if you're selling crm software which i often talk about then the leaders in the market like salesforce hubspot etc they're just going to dominate so if you're looking at general terms like crm crm company crm software unless you've got hundreds and thousands to pump into a marketing spend you're not even going to make a dent you're just going to be a drop in the ocean and you're probably never ever going to rank against these beasts in the industry so you probably want to niche down initially so when you're doing your research into search terms keywords that you want to rank for you want to go niche you want to do what's called longer tail keywords which typically have three words or more um so instead of just targeting things like crm software you might want to go very specific to what you're offering so if you offered I don't know, CRM for accountancy companies or CRM for sales teams, then you could hone in on that, like CRM for sales companies or sales company CRM provider or best CRM for sales teams, those kind of things. Because that way, you're not going against the monsters, you're niching down the search results and you're you're providing more intent. So if a sales team actually needs a dedicated CRM for themselves, they're more likely to find what you need. So those are what's called high intent keywords. Those are probably the ones you want to look at initially. Um, so chances are if someone types in one of those, then they're probably going to request a demo if your website builds trust with them and converts them effectively. And then you've got things like the middle of the funnel where people are maybe comparing you to maybe a couple of other providers. So let's say you, you know one of your competitors. So for example, if you were looking at HubSpot, you might say HubSpot versus Salesforce, um, or you might say Software 1 versus Software 2, where you basically giving people the options that want to compare. And then you've got kind of real top of the funnel searches where people are still in the educational um, side of their journey. So when they might be searching things like how to find the best CRM for a sales team or what to consider when investing in CRM or what kind of companies need CRM or do sales teams need CRM. So these kind of things where you can actually position your website as more of an authority give people useful tips because these keywords are probably going to link through to blog articles. Then they can read them out. They might get the tips they need. Then they might sign up for your newsletter or they might sign up for a webinar. So it's people that are really early on in your journey that might consume some of your content, sign up for a guide or something like that. And then over time you can kind of nurture them. So those are like the three tiers of kind of top of funnel searches, middle of funnel searches and bottom of funnel searches where people are likely ready to buy. Those are some things you probably want to consider when you're doing your research into keywords and then you can start looking at what's called on-site SEO, where you build out the content of your website, you build out the main pages, and you build out the service pages and your blog articles and your resources and all that good stuff. And, and also something called technical SEO, which we can jump into if you wish. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, I think um, I was just thinking about uh, this fact that uh, the in these times, um, the companies are making not only the mistakes in the 
keywords, but it also depends on the content that you're putting out. If the content is not relevant enough, um, I might go there, but uh, it might not lead to any conversion to a sale or it might not bring any prospect to the sales team because your content wasn't catchy. Uh, your content wasn't uh, as glamorous uh, to be converted into a sale. So I guess there is a lot to do uh, with a mix of issues here uh, in terms of the SEO and the content that you produce. Um, and I think that's where I really feel that uh, the companies should definitely have a person who is specifically working towards the SEO part uh, and figuring out what they can be done, what can be done from the SEO point of view in terms of organic leads or, you know, what, what, what can be possible mistakes or they can outsource to people like Sam Dunning who are doing a wonderful job. Isn't it, Sam? Yeah, I mean, you've raised a good point there um, in terms of pages so let's let's say you've done your keyword research you've nailed down the search terms you want your site to rank for you've maybe done your on-page seo so you've built out typically if you're doing that you want to build out information pages for each of the main services or products you offer and maybe the locations too um essentially think of your website as the go-to resource for your company or for your industry rather so if people are thinking your sector if they think of your website you position your website as a educational tool as well as a conversion tool it's going to help you a lot from that SEO and content mindset. But going back to your point there, you're exactly right. So there's no point driving people to a page if it's not going to give them the information they need quickly, if it's not going to answer their questions, if it's not going to handle their objections, if it's not going to build trust with them and then convert them. So point them to book a call or whatever that action you want them to take with your sales team is. So some ideas to do this are actually understand what your customers, what your audience care about. So thinking of things like what are the common questions we get on sales calls around this topic what are the common objections and frustrations we get on sales calls around this topic if you don't know yourself then you need to listen to your sales team you can get them around you can have a coffee you can have a beer with them you can say look what are the top questions that the people ask are on this on this product or on this service that we're building out content for um we can listen to sales calls yourself or if you're the founder of your business and you you're a one or two man band and you'll, you'll know this intel already. Um, so yeah, making sure, because Google recently rolled out an update called Helpful Content. And essentially one of the cruxes of this is giving people information they need fast, making sure it's relevant, making sure it's helpful and not like clickbaity, just drawing people in and not really giving them what they're searching for. So yeah, making sure when someone lands on this service page or this information page, you're saying, look, this is what we do. This is how we can help. This is how we fix your problem. These are some of the key benefits. Maybe you've got an FAQ section. Maybe you've got a useful video, an infographic, a relevant podcast. And then maybe you've got some social proof. So you've got some testimonials or some results or some client videos where you've really helped them. And then you've got a clear call to action, like request a demo or request a consult or whatever that next step is you want to take. So those are just some key pointers that just help, help with conversion, help with trust building on, on pages on your site. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, one of the other questions that I really want to ask you about, Sam, is uh, some of the common mistakes that um, companies can do. I think we have already pointed out a couple of them, including uh, not having the right content, not using the right keywords. Anything else that specifically comes to your mind when you talk to your customers um, and you see that this is one of the biggest mistakes that they're making? Loads. More, more than we've got time for. But one of the biggest less that we can do a couple i mean on a website point of view one of the worst things you can do with your website especially if you're a 
a B2B company and you've got a sales team that this website needs to fuel a steady flow of qualified sales leads to, is designing the website for what you think looks good. So designing the website to stroke either your own ego or your marketing e- marketing team's ego or your, your C-suite's ego because that means the site's only going to appeal to you. And ultimately, you're not trying to convert yourself. You're trying to convert your target clients. So customer research, customer interviews for your website is really important because it can fuel your design. So actually how your website looks and feels. It can fuel the content that goes into the main pages. And it can also fuel the structure of these pages. Um, as a quick example, we, a couple of months ago on, on the WebChoice site, we were redesigning our pricing page because we were getting a lot of inquiries that couldn't actually afford our stuff. So we thought, right, let's revamp our pricing page. For example, on the SEO pages, we want to quickly give an idea of the starting rates um, so people can see kind of where we start at. And then we wanted to reinforce that with things like the main benefits you get, some frequently asked questions, and then some results we've got for clients. So I asked, in my case, I asked a few chief marketing officers, four or five guys, can you spare two minutes to flick through this page? Let me know your feedback what looks good, what needs improvement, what's missing. Um, and straight away, some of them said, Sam, the pricing's not high enough up. We had to scroll halfway down the page before we could actually see how much it costs. That's frustrating. And they gave you some other useful feedback. And what you want to do is, on these customer interviews, you, or pros, ideal prospect interviews, you want to look for patterns in what they say. So if something's being raised a lot of times, then you think, well, this is an issue. We need to actually address that. So... For example, some actionable tips here is if you've already got a website and you're looking to redesign it to attract, build trust with and convert idle clients, then you either want to interview like, I don't know, five to seven of your best current clients or five to seven or so of your best target prospects and ask them things like, what's working well on our site? What's not? What needs improvement on certain pages? What do you feel is missing on current pages which is really useful? And any other comments so you can really understand look what's working well what needs improvement and they might say look your pricing page doesn't actually give pricing i actually have to fill out a form just to speak to sales which is frustrating or maybe they want to see your process or maybe they feel you're not you don't have enough case studies so this is really valuable insight and like i say you want to look for common trends and patterns and the feedback because that can really help fuel your website and make sure that it's actually geared up to attract the people that you want to convert rather than just guessing on what looks good or designing it for your own taste um because that's pointless yeah absolutely thank you so much for pointing out uh, that as a mistake because uh, even i've heard those kind of things happening and customer research in fact plays a very vital role for any marketing team and i think that's where the sales team can also come into play and we always see that marketing and sales go hand in hand so marketing team can in fact get a lot of uh, perspectives from the sales team because the sales is kind of doing it every day they are in front of the customers they know what's working when when they're selling the product was not working um, and sometimes the customers might also tell you that during your demonstrations where are they coming from uh, what's wrong with the website so i guess uh, definitely that plays a major role but um, i think thank you so much sam for participating in today's podcast and there you have it i hope you found this episode useful as always if you're on the audio podcast a quick rating or review is appreciated on youtube a quick subscribe goes a really long way and with that i'll catch you on the next one cheers nick bennett the director of sales at inbound marketing agency impact had a booking problem before 
On HubSpot meetings, their website visitors had to take a huge seven or eight clicks from form submission through to meeting booked. Plus, they couldn't see who was abandoning midway through. With the help of Chili Piper, they're down to around just three clicks to book meeting and have full visibility into any drop-offs. One main friction point before was lead routing. HubSpot meetings added a form field plus two extra clicks just to do this. Chili Piper allows them to distribute leads to the right sales rep super fast. As a result, Impactful have increased book meetings and provide a web experience both web visitors and their revenue teams love. We're constantly trying to just make the web experience better. To us, the most valuable thing was providing a delightful experience for people on the website because that's often the first touch point people have with us as people. Get your free demo of Chili Piper today at chilipiper.com slash BGS. That's C-H-I-L-I-P-I-P-E-R dot com slash BGS.